Hey everybody, this is Jake Walker and you're listening to Living for the Day, a podcast that exists to encourage and equip people to live in light of the day of Jesus' return. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm so excited. I have brought... Um, one of the leaders, preachers, teachers of the circuit riders movement, my cousin Derek Mack to be on the show today. I look up to Derek so much. I respect him as a man of God and as a uh, just someone who loves the Lord so much. He's a part of Circuit Riders, which is a missionary organization that exists to save the lost, revive the saved, and train them all. I love Circuit Riders so much. I love Derek so much. We're going to talk about courage in this episode why courage matters for living for the day so glad you're with us let's jump into the episode All right, what's up, everybody? I'm so glad. Uh, today I have my cousin, Derek Mack, on the show. Derek, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. Jake is going to try to say that he looks up to me, but I look up to him. <laughs> We're cousins, and growing up, I'm what? I'm two or three years younger than you? Yes, sir. Uh, literally, any time I was around Jake, I would just copy him and just follow him around and stare at him and just do what he did. <laughs> <laughs> and now I do the same thing. No. <laughs> We just got done with a workout. Derek is teaching me how to do some Olympic weightlifting. Once again, and- that's slightly false. <laughs> he's he's looking big right now. Well, uh, Derek, I just want to say thank you so much for being with me today. And I love you. And uh, this topic, I've been waiting to talk to you about courage. I'm so excited to talk to you about courage and living for the day. I see you as a courageous man and just excited because I know that you love courage. So we'll get to that in a second. But first, Derek, this whole podcast is called Living for the Day. Mm-hmm. Living for the Day, you see Jesus face-to-face um, when we cross that veil. And I want to ask you just what is something you're excited for, for that day, for that moment, and for heaven? Uh, when I was thinking about the question, as you sent it to me, um, two things, one serious and then one semi. Yep. Serious. Bring it. Um, uh I think this is obvious, but I just have to say it is I'm just, I'm excited to see Jesus. I just want to know, first off, what he looks like. And we have like this idea of this European shampoo model. That's what (laughs) Jesus looks like from all these paintings. But obviously he doesn't look like that at all. Right. So I'm just excited to see him, see what he looks like, to be mind blown, to both be uh, proven what I believed is true, but also to be uh, mind blown that he's greater than I could ever have imagined or even looked at through the scripture and, and found out through the scripture. But the second thing is I want to see all, I want to, hopefully there's a, like a movie theater in heaven Yeah, and I want to go in that movie theater and it's just playing all the biblical stories wow. and just like see, just to see David really kill Goliath Yes, to see, you know, everything that you 
want to imagine in your head. Yes. I want to actually see what it actually happened. Wow. So that's that. that hopefully, it's there. I and think that might be biblical. You could watch it with David right next yeah, to you. One hundred percent. If David wants to hang out with me, sure. What were you thinking, David, <laughs> when you slung that sling? Come on, that's so good. I love that. I hadn't thought about that before. I'm excited for that too. Um, Derek, we're talking about courage in this episode, and uh, Derek, talk to me. Why I. I invited you on this show to talk about courage because um, I see you as someone who is courageous in the Lord, who calls people and men to be courageous. Um, but also, I just want to ask you, why, why is courage important to you? I think we have to define courage first because sometimes people, when we when we think of courage, we think probably from a Hollywood perspective of mm-hmm. like some military person that's never felt fear in their life and they are perfect at executing under pressure when fear should be a natural emotion um in a dangerous situation or right. in a situation where your reputation is on the line right that that's not what courage is courage is in the midst of fear you still act wow you still do you still wow. move forward wow so i think we need to just slay that dragon that yeah you might always feel a sense of fear, but courage is the ability to move forward and not allow fear to control you. That emotional tie that we have so often to fear. This could have to do with your reputation. Wow. For example, if you're a high schooler listening to this, you want to be strong and courageous for Jesus in your public high school or in your high school or whatever. Um, but, well, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to make fun of me? When that question pops into your mind, will you still act? Will you mm. still do still do that's courage, and for me, um the biggest moment where I decided to be courageous mm. was actually when I had my greatest moment of cowardice mm. um, uh, and I think we have to w- people don't understand how i'm going to get into that story in a second, but people don't understand how much the Bible talks about fear and courage wow it's the most oft repeated command: do not be afraid Wow, it is so common for us to be afraid. And obviously at the beginning of your podcast, you said Joshua 1.9, but three times in that first chapter of Joshua, in that first you know, 12 verses or so, God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Three times. You're married. If your wife comes to you and says something three times to you, what do you do? <laughs> I'm going to do it. You do it. <laughs> Same for me with my wife. Uh, it's so, it's repeated because there's an emphasis on it. And it's often repeated in scripture because... We're so prone to feeling fear, and I used to be an Uber driver. Um, I can't anymore because I got too many tickets, but I might be able to. Uh, those tickets are off my record now, so I might be able to get back onto it. I love Uber because it pushes you to preach the gospel. It's not even about the money. It's just like you're with people, and so right. you, you got to talk to them. Um, one night, I picked up four people uh, down in Laguna Beach, driving them to their house. Uh, they got in my car, immediately started talking about all the partying, all the drugs, all the drinking, all the you know, things they were doing. And they started making fun of one girl. And, and this girl was kind of promiscuous. And, and the girl paused them and said, well, at least I believe in, Je- believe in Jesus. And there's this type of Christianity that's preached in America, cheap grace, you know, where you can, I can call myself a Christian, but I can live like the devil. And so when I heard that, my blood began to boil and I was like, I had the sermon prepped in my head. I was ready to go. And as they were getting out of the car, I was about to fire away. The word stuck to my tongue Mm. and it was because of my reputation. 
They got out of the car. I turned off the Uber app, driving back down the Pacific Coast Highway, banging my hands on the steering wheel saying, Derek, why is it that you're so prone to being a coward? Mm. Why do you like to be liked so much? Mm. And I think we must understand that, and this ties into probably what you're going to talk about here in a second, but you're going to stand before Jesus one day, and I do not want him to... That, that word coward and my name to appear in the same sentence. Mm. I refuse to have that happen. That was the mm. moment for me where I decided I'm going to live courageously. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bow the knee to fear. So that's kind of the, the, that for me, that was maybe five, six years ago. That's kind of the f- first moments of understanding how important courage is, especially when you're living for Jesus. Wow. Thank you so much, Derek. And thanks for sharing that story. And, I loved how you defined courage at first and you talked about how it's moving forward in the face of fear yes. with the feelings of fear. So we were talking about David before yeah. there's a great chance that he was feeling afraid and yet he took action and he went forward. That's courage. Yeah. You, I mean, I would be, it'd be probably much cooler to interview David. Let's be honest, but he's not here right now. Um, we can only go off of what, you know, the people that we can hear their testimony, we can interact with them now. And one of the things that I love to do is study military history and, and pretty much everybody, no matter from Navy SEALs to, you know, whoever it was, World War II, Vietnam, uh, wars in the past 10, 20 years, there's no soldier that I've ever heard say that he wasn't afraid, Mm. but they still acted courageously. Why? Because it was in the midst of fear that they still operated. And so we have to get that idea out that I'll, I'll do something one day once I overcome fear. No, you overcome fear by acting in the midst of fear. Wow. Yeah, man, that's just so good. And I love that we're talking about action. Yeah. I love that we're talking about action, that we're talking about doing. Um, I just heard this great quote um, just the other day. I can't remember it, but it was talking about thinkers versus doers and how mm-hmm. doers are the ultimate thinkers. Yeah. In the 100%. sense that they're, they're living in both. Yeah. That they've thought it through, They, but they're also taking action. And, uh, well, I mean, it's just, it's, it's the most biblical thing is <laughs> right. it's not hearers of the word, but it's the doers, doers of the word. word. Jesus says, they'll know you by your fruit. That's your external public life, right. so to speak. What works do you have and what actions do you have? So you can't ever just live in your head, especially with fear, especially with courage. Those, those innately, no, you never called someone courageous for doing a podcast or, mm. or talking about ideas. Ultimately mm. you call someone courageous, man, they, they jumped in a burning tank and, yeah. and, and, shot 12 bad guys and you're like that is unbelievably or you look at david or you look at these characters in the bible and and you know this is a little side note but just because we're talking about action is go throughout the old testament especially and the new testament for that matter look at every character from noah to the ending of the old testament almost every prophet and every patriarch all of them had a command to go Mm. all of them that two letter mm. word go is always attached. So we can't ever separate um, what we're thinking about from what we're doing. I just love that so much. And I just think Derek, this is so helpful. I want to talk to the podcast listener right now. Just, just to normalize that we feel fear yeah. to nor- and to normalize that in our flesh, we want to be passive. Yes. And we want to avoid. Yeah. Right. So we, n- let's normalize that. There's not, you know, it's not like, 
you are the worst person in the world because you feel these things. No, yeah. everybody f- feels these things. We yeah. all feel it. And yet, um, for those in Christ, we're given the Holy Spirit to strengthen us, right? And we can take action despite our feelings. And that's such an important message in our world today that is so more and more being told to just follow your feelings yeah. and what your feelings say is right. No. No, that's the foolish road is what, you know, Proverbs is constantly saying. And so... Um, I'll always say that feelings are amazing liars. <laughs> feelings are important. Don't get me wrong. Emotions are... I mean, read the Psalms. David is yeah. highly emotional right. and, and in tune with his feelings. But um, <laughs> there's an idea. You're exactly right to do what you feel. Mm. And... Most people in our day and age do not feel like being courageous. Mm. Um, and yet, and I do want to normalize, like whenever I've preached the gospel with someone, they're still to this day. I mean, I've been, right, I've right. been a, like a real believer for 10 and a half, 11 years now and been in ministry for about the same time. There still to this day has never been a time where I'm about to go up and talk to someone or I'm about to talk to the store clerk or the person at the gas station or whatever it is. It's never, ever been a moment where I go, oh, I don't have that little jitter inside yep, of me. Like, yep, well, what are yep. they going to think of me? Yep. But it's being able to operate still in the midst of that. So everybody listening, like Jake is saying, don't listen to that emotion and feeling of fear. Nike got it right when they said, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, Derek, I think this is leading perfectly in just this podcast theme of living for the day. And we've already touched on it, but... Just how would you articulate, what comes to your heart and your mind right now when it comes to why is courage important for living for the day that we see Jesus face to face? Well, I, I love I love this subject. Like The whole idea of your podcast is eternity. Um, Leonard Ravenhill, have you read Leonard Ravenhill? I think you, you probably, gave, you gave me the book, you've mentioned Why, why Bible, Bible Terrace. Um, he says, uh, there's two things that every minister has to do. And I think it's good for every Christian to do this is you stamp the judgment seat on your right eye and eternity on the left. And you live for those two things. Everything that seems so real to you in your life now, it's not even remotely as real as those two days are going to be. That's so good, Derek. And uh, I'll highlight two Bible verses when it comes to courage and eternity and living for the day. Number one is Proverbs 28, one. The wicked flees when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Come on. Now, I often like to look at that and think, do I have Mickey Mouse Christianity or I have lion-like Christianity? Mm. Like if you could take a video camera for a week straight and just follow me around and kind of be an awkward stalker and just, I don't know you're there. What would you see? Would you see a lion or would you see a mouse? And so it's, it's, it's. It the Bible qualifies the type. Of, you can be courageous for eating a certain type of hot sauce, or hot sauce, or, or you can be courageous for jumping off a cliff. But the Bible it qualifies this type of courage. This courage should make people think that you're lion-like, mm. and so you have to. And it's not. It's not some righteous. It's not the special Christian. Mm. It's not the pastor on the stage. It's the righteous. And if you've been made righteous by Jesus, a natural outworking of the Holy Spirit's action in your life will to make you look like a lion. That's number one. Number two is Revelation chapter 21 says, 
there's a portion who's uh, there's a portion of people whose whose existence will be in this place called the lake of fire that's what it says mm-hmm. and it and it gives some descriptors of these type of people and one of the descriptors and we don't we think oh well fear that's a not, that's something that you know everybody deals with and struggles with and of course it is but it says and as for the cowardly that's the first adjective to describe the people whose portion will be in the lake of lake of fire and so if if being a coward means that you could end up being separated from God for all of eternity, we should take it pretty seriously to overcome our fear and our emotional attachment to playing it safe and to being comfortable and to living passively. So courage is not something that you can just put on the side. It's not for the special Christians. It's for every Christian, everybody listening to this podcast. Wow. Wow. I am so encouraged by that, Derek. And I, I just didn't even think to put those two scriptures together. And, uh, and that Ravenhill quote. Say it one more time. Stamp, Stamp the judgment seat on your right eye and eternity on the left. That's what I was going to say, Derek. Is, and that's what I'm trying to do in this podcast. Is I feel like um, we just don't do that. Mm-hmm. We live for right now and we just think, you know... <sighs> We just think, well, I'll just, one day heaven's going to come, but I'm going to live for right now. Yes. I'm just going to fo- and be comfortable. And we love that flag that's in your garage. Yeah. What's it say? It says comfort is a slow death. I have this, <laughs> I have this banner in my garage, that, that my garage dream that says comfort is a slow death. Right. And, and so, Derek, we live so often our culture, you know, it's just YOLO. It's just like, hey, let's just live for the moment. Let's be comfortable. But. But Derek, I love what Lecrae. I can't remember—is it KB or Lecrae? Is an old, old, old Christian rap song. song. I think it was KB. Um, he says, "Yolo, you can o- you only live once, but you can die twice." And we we have done this thing in Christianity, sadly, where we kind of separate our existence on this earth from heaven. Like heaven's the place I go where I die, and because we disconnect those two, we. L- live for what's most comfortable and now this might be too intense but there's a puritan and he says earth is all the hell a christian will ever experience wow for the unbeliever earth is all the heaven they will ever experience mm-hmm. and so we don't understand that right now this is this is the place where we um strive and 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 quote unquote suffer in order to experience what is going to be so much more grand. So it's not even going to compare. I can't right, comprehend right, right. it. That's why when you ask me, what am I excited for about heaven? It's like, it's almost hard to answer no, of it course. because I know how, whatever I could say right now will fall short, like utterly short of what it's actually going to be like. So this podcast is super important to really get people to understand this. You can't separate heaven from the earth and your life now from your life then. So Eternity starts now, really, technically. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I just, I'm so passionate about this. And just, just a reminder, like, like um, Second Corinthians, I think it's um, five nine through ten. Uh, so we make it our goal to please Him, <laughs> whether we are in the body or away from it. Um, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for yeah. the. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad, yeah. And I, I just don't. I think we're so, um, so it's a good emphasis that hey, 
you know, we're saved by Jesus Christ, and so we'll be in heaven. That's awesome. But yeah. there's more to it than yeah. that for believers. There's this reward aspect. There's this 100%. accountability for the actions that you take in your life that mm-hmm. we can't, it's hard to understand. We don't have all the language or we don't have all the words for it, but I think we're going to care. We're going to look back on our lives. And we're going to be like, Oh, how I wish I just yeah. a little more for the Lord. Uh, you know, um, Ra- Ravenhill says this too. And, and, and I think he was maybe a little too lopsided in one direction, but I'd rather be lopsided in that direction than in the other direction right. where you're just taking it easy all the time and you're never, you know, serious about eternity. Um, but he said that he was preaching and he said this, that every one of us will wish that we would have sacrificed more, prayed more and loved more right. and given more. And although that might sound intense to some people and it might seem like it lacks the element of grace, I don't think it's false. I do think no matter how grand and holy of a Christian you were and how loving and set like your mom Jake's mom is <laughs> unbelievably she, she's all of those things and more even her we yeah. all look back and go man this time I could have done this and mm. but it's because we'll see his greatness his and we're like man if, you, if I really would have his just beauty. seen who you were yes then yes then, then that wasting that time or or you know playing that video game or, or whatever sin it was I, those have been so easy to give it give up if I would have just seen it which you can see it through the scripture, you, good, this Derek. is this is why you give yourself over to this, and you be, start to become more like Jesus, and waste less time, and get more serious. And people make fun of you for it. And, hey, take chill out. Don't be so serious. But I'd rather be called. That's that's a good uh, that's a good thing to have someone saying to you. You know, you're doing something right. Then <laughs> I love that, Derek. This is so fun. Proverbs five eleven through fourteen. Um, it's kind of talking about the fool. And it says, at the end of your life, you'll groan when your flesh and body are spent. You'll say, oh, how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not listen to my teachers or obey my instructors. And I soon was in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. Mm-hmm. And I remember Johnny Artavanis, um, an amazing preacher and teacher, shared that from memory. And I just remember thinking, I don't want that to be me. Yeah. But to say, oh, how I hated discipline, how mm-hmm. I hated instruction. I want to be one. I want to be a man who um, gives it his all for Jesus Christ, um, who lived for the day. And I'm thankful for a brother like you who's helping me do that. Um, So good, bro. Derek, is there a moment that you, you you shared a moment where you feel like you walked in some cowardice. What's a moment that you would humbly share that you felt like, man, I'm so glad I walked in courage in this moment? Well, um, probably one of the coolest moments. I'm a preacher, so in some sense, you die a thousand deaths every time you preach because I think Charles Spurgeon said it. If you don't know Charles Spurgeon, he's known as the Prince of Preachers, amazing preacher. Still, his sermons, if you read them, there's like, there's lightning in them. They're amazing. And uh, he he asked his grandfather one time because he kind of got this nervousness in him. One of the greatest preachers of all time. How's he? How's he nervous? You know, and uh, he asked his his grandfather. He's like, "Do you think this will ever go away?" Grandfather said to him, "If you do, you'll lose your power." And I loved I love that because I f- I feel like I die a thousand deaths every time I preach because I care. I know you feel this way too. You care so deeply. 
you, I, I always, Francis Chan says this is, is I always preach every message like it's my last message. So good. And so I try to live in that way too. So in some sense, preaching carries that element of needing to be courageous because yeah. you've got to, you got to speak on behalf of God. And if you try to tickle people's ears, I mean, preachers, teachers were James held three. more, were held more. Not many of you should become teachers, brothers and sisters, yeah. because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Yes. You, you, so we have this, so there's that fear, both fear of God. And then also like, I want to call people to truly follow him. And so there's this aspect of, of laying down your life for people as well and being courageous on their behalf. But one specific moment was one of the things I do in Circuit Riders, and if you've never heard of Circuit Riders, we are a youth movement ministry under the umbrella of Youth of the Mission, YOM, and we reach universities and high schools calling people to the mission field and to uh, um, reach, their, reach the lost and also to preach the gospel ourselves. And so um, one of the things I get to do is oversee all of our events that we do in Europe. So I get to travel to Europe quite a bit. And last year I was in Greece. I was in Athens. If you don't know anything about Athens, Athens shows up in the Bible. It's this unbelievably historical city. It's got both some of the greatest philosophers and some of the greatest war history and, and of course, some biblical history as well. Paul was there. And um, so we were doing our tourist stuff. You know, we went to the Parthenon and we were visiting all these old buildings. But as you read in Acts chapter 17, Paul visited Mars Hill. And Mars Hill was the, the hill of Mars. It was the hill of Ares. And it was this place that they would hold these kind of, you know, philosophical discussions. There would also be like somewhat of a court system there. And so Paul is preaching in Athens and he's called to come to Mars Hill to give an account for what he's saying. And some of the philosophers wanted to hear him. And so he stood up there and he preaches this most amazing message. And so I woke up that morning and I go, if Paul preached there, I'm going to preach there. I'm going to stand up in front of whoever's there. And right towards the end of the day, it was sunset. And so it was perfect timing. There's probably 100, 150 people there. And I get there and my heart's pounding. And I'm like, what am I going to say? And and initially I was like, I'm just going to read Acts chapter 17 to the whole audience and let them know what happened in this exact place they're standing. So I started doing that. And as soon as I started doing that, someone shouted from the crowd and said, no one asked. And I had this funny moment where I was like, oh my gosh, someone just yelled at me to, to shut up. What should I do? And I said to them kindly backwards, you don't, you don't have to listen. And so I kept going and, and you know, you're a preacher, so you, you start reading, but then you really start preaching and you're starting to look at everybody and all this different stuff. And by the end of it, those three people that had jeered me stayed the whole time and were glued in. There were other people, there were former Catholics, former Greek Orthodox people coming up to us asking like, how do I find out more about Jesus? Like, what do I need to do now? And there were people coming up and sitting right in front of, right in front of me. And so I got up that morning I was un- that was one of the scariest things I did. I mean, just open air preaching, just yeah. standing up in front of people is just scary in general to do that. But I sit up and I go, I, two, two motivations. One, I don't want to be a coward. Two, I thought of all the other circuit riders and young people that I work with. And I go, man, if I'm going to be their leader, I need to be an example more than anything else. I don't want my, the, the young people around me going out and they're doing all the, the exploits. I want to be the person that's leading at the forefront. And so there can be all sorts of motivations for courage that are godly, like leaders are to be an example biblically. And so that was one of my encouragements. Uh, also love, mm. 
is an unbelievable motivator for courage. You and I both are married, so we know there comes a moment where love drove us to ask our wives to marry us. Yeah. Love drove to action, an action of courage. If you love and care for people deeply, you will be courageous on their behalf. You will do risky and unbelievable things. And I, I don't mean to go long here, but I just want to highlight one more story because it's just, it's so, so, it's one of my favorite stories of courage in missions history ever. There's a guy named John Patton. Most people don't know who he is, but he was a missionary from Scotland to the New Hebrides Island, which is modern day Vanuatu. Um, he's got an unbelievable story. If you took his autobiography, you would, you want to be able to put it down. It's unbelievable. But there's one story. He goes to the islands. His wife died. His kid dies. And he's there all by himself. And one particular night he was in his hut and the whole village had surrounded him, ready to kill him. The whole night they stood out there and the morning they left. A year later, the whole island came to Christ. Now, as you might do, um, why didn't you guys kill me that one night? You know, as you're discussing now as brothers and sisters in Christ. So he asked the chief of the village this question. The chief replied to him and said, who were all those men in light and shining armor, standing in and around your hut with swords drawn and the swords looked like flames. Who are those guys? If, we, if you play it safe, there's no need for God's power to be on display for someone who plays it safe. Wow. It's only for the courageous that get to see God's power. Mm. It's only for those who step outside of safety. It's only for those who step outside of the box. So those are my two encouraging Stories that mo- whenever I hear someone's story of courage, I'm like, fired up. I'm fired up. I want to go do something crazy. So, so yeah. Thank you, Derek. That's so inspiring. And man, I just want to be crazy. You know, I've heard it said that the Holy Spirit's called the Comforter because we should need His comfort. Yeah. If if you're already comfortable, why would you need a comf- comforter? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Man, those are inspiring stories. That's so cool. When you did that, I saw that on on social media. It's so amazing. I was so inspired. Um, Derek, uh, as we get ready to wrap up here, what would you say to someone wanting to grow in Christ-centered courage? You you have to develop the habit. I don't care if you do it once a day, but it's or once a week. You got to start somewhere, and sometimes. Even when you hear stories of that, you go, you go, okay, well, I got to be like that guy right away. No, bite-sized chunks of courage lead to massive action at some point. Yes. And so once a week, say, I'm going to share the gospel with someone in my life. Hmm. I don't care if it's two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes with someone at a store or, you know, when you're going through the in and out for the Californians and those on the West Coast, <laughs> when you're going through in and out. Um, and you say it to the guy that you're ordering food from, you share with him one minute, or if it's a family member, make a discipline of being courageous. We don't often think about it. You mentioned it when in Proverbs five, make discipline Mm. of being courageous in your life, consciously put it on your mind. If we, if you don't think about being courageous, it's unlikely that you will end up being courageous. And so Discipline yourself. Say once a week, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to do something that puts my reputation, that that gets me in a situation where I could be fearful, but I still operate in courage um, and make it about Jesus. Obviously, like you can go do things that are fearful, like get yeah. in a cage with a lion. That's just more stupid. But right, right, right. Um, but I'm talking about something specific that has to do with the gospel. So that'd be number one. 
And then number two is I became courageous because I started to read stories about, uh, first off, the Bible. The Bible is one long story of courageous men and women. You, You go down the list. There's Abraham who, now just imagine this, listener. If God literally came to you and said, I want you to leave your house and your family, you'll never see them again. And I want you to go and move to Afghanistan. Just, just imagine the amount of courage that you would need in order to do that. Both courageous to ask for finances and depend on God completely for your life and well-being, as well as your ministry. Go down the list of all the things you would need to depend on him for. And so when you read the Bible or when you read church and missions history, I used to think church history was like the apostles, some guys in robes, and then my mega church. I don't really know what happened in between, but church history is one long story of from fear to courage. And the times of revival and awakening that have happened throughout church history are always sparked by someone who said yes and did something mm-hmm. in courage. One, another missionary I love to highlight is a woman named Amy Carmichael. Yeah. She would, um, think about this. She was in India. She was in, she, had an orphanage and she would go and she would share the gospel with people in the villages and to bring children out of human trafficking or what at the time would now be considered human trafficking or child slavery or sex trafficking or whatever you want to call it. She would go into Hindu temples, but before that, because she was from Northern Ireland, she was white. She would dye her skin color brown by taking long, long baths. Wow. in coffee grounds and water oh until gosh. her skin turned brown and she would go into hindu temples pretend she was a you know indian and she would go into hindu temples and chill, steal child prostitutes out of them oh my god i mean that is there's ni- 90 different levels where courage is acquired in order yeah. to do something like 100%. that even to think to do that yeah. Is courage. So reading those type of stories yes. puts some fiber in your belt. That's what a Christian is. Wow. That's what Christians do. And it changes your perspective about what Christianity really is. Come on, man. Those are my two things. I'm so fired up. So so just to sum them up, uh, you said to read. Discipline, discipline. discipline oh, yourself yeah. weekly. Put it on the calendar. That's good. Well, it gets scheduled, it gets done. S- schedule it. I, every Friday. You go to In and Out, so make sure at In and Out you share the gospel with someone. Whatever you do, whatever's a part of your natural—if you go to school, if you're in high school, if you're at university, whatever it is—and you know you interact with these certain set of people. At that time, I'm going to do this. Set it on your calendar and 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 do it. And one of the things that happens, right? It's just like working out. When you're working out or before you're working out, you don't really want to do it. But after you did it, you're like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. It's the same thing with with doing anything that's courageous. And then the second thing to sum it up is to read the Bible and to look through the lens of courage and to read church history and look through the lens of courage and see how much courage is involved in moving the gospel forward. Wow. That's so good, Derek. I think I read a... I don't know for sure. I can't confirm this, but a Robert Frost quote about courage. Did he, do you know this one where he mm-hmm. said, uh, the saddest thing in life is that courage is meant to be the greatest thing in it. Yeah. And he's saying it's the saddest thing because so many people lack courage. Yes. It's, it's I mean, it's, it, it is true. And 
I mean, there's so much we could say on this, on yeah. why courage is lacking. We could have highlighted this much more, but you first have to love and to care. Mm. I, I read uh, from a man named Art Katz that lovelessness is the great cancer of Western Christianity. Wow. And it is. And it don't, we think of love through an emotional sappy, like, I love you, and you kind of side hug, bear hug, and there's the coffee at the back, brother. And that's all love is to much, most people in the church are doing something nice for someone, right? But love, think, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. We go, oh, wow, that's a, that's a quote. I'm going to put that on, my, on a painting, on a fridge, or whatever it is, right? Think about what he's saying. How did Jesus love you? Went to the cross for you. So your love has to be cross-like. Mm-hmm. It can't just be changing tires for people. That's nice. That's loving. It is. But cross-like love is another level. That, that, is, that is why we have the book of Acts. Because John, Peter, James sat in the upper room They were going over the doctrines, commandments, and teachings of Jesus. They get to this one. They look at each other, and they go, this shirt is yours. If you die, I'm taking care of your wife, Peter. Anything you need, it's got to be to the uttermost cross-like love. Mm. That inspires courage because that becomes the love becomes the dominating, motivating force, not comfort, not your own reputation. That's what inspires courage ultimately. And so you have to get up in the morning and think about other people. (laughs) We live in the most narcissistic society. I mean, we invented phones with front-facing cameras, and we take selfies with those photos. We edit those photos to make them look better than they do. We then take those photos and we post them on the Internet for everyone to see, and then we tell underneath those photos in our captions, we tell people what we think about stuff. I mean, that's strange. <laughs> and now everybody's able to do it. Yeah. You might have no credentials, no right to speak on certain subjects, but hey, you got an Instagram account, so you say something, right? And so we live in an environment that's all about you. Look at any billboard. You need this. This is what you need in your life. It's all geared towards you thinking about you. Get your eyes up. Look at other people. Start to care about other people. And courage, I think, will become natural after that, after you start to see need, meet it with love, and repeat that everywhere you go. Come on. Come on. Derek, um, thank you. This has fired me up. Thank I feel you, bro. encouraged, and I know that people are going to feel encouraged. I just would love, I love to end these episodes with um, the person I interviewed just praying a blessing prayer yeah. for whatever we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So... Before I get there, so I'd love for you to just kind of pray a blessing, but Derek, while you're on this podcast, this moment, is there anything else you just want to say regarding living for the day or regarding courage? Anything else on your heart, on your mind, maybe you feel from the Lord, even in this moment? Um, I'll just just highlight this because I highlighted the book of Acts a little bit too. Love was a dominating force, but so was the Holy Spirit. And I I am in a more charismatic circle, but one of the things that I think we get wrong sometimes is we think that if the Holy Spirit's in your life, you'll have a, a physical manifestation of that, whether, you know, you're praying in tongues or something like that. And I'm not against that in any way, shape, or form. Love that. But I don't think that's the sign that the Holy Spirit's dominating your life. What I see in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, and different places throughout the book of Acts, is courage and boldness becomes a dominating attribute for those that have the Holy Spirit operating inside them. You see it. 
Peter and John get out of prison in Acts chapter 4, and what do they pray for? More, more boldness. And the Holy Spirit fills the place. And what does it say? They continue to speak the word of God in all boldness. And so as I pray here, I'm just going to pray the Holy Spirit would dominate people's lives and he would turn you into a lion. And all of our best efforts to turn ourselves into lions usually fail. And like when I was in that car sitting there going, I'm going to preach that I got this message, my blood's <laughs> boiling. And then the word stuck to my tongue It's because the Holy Spirit wasn't dominating me mm. in that moment. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, yes, everybody Lord. listening, for Jake, for myself, we ask for more of the Holy Spirit dominating our lives. Yes, God, please. Lord Jesus. More of his presence guiding and leading and motivating us to courage. Lord, in every way, shape, or form that we have been selfish and we navel gaze and we look at ourselves and we focus on our comfort and our safety, Lord, we repent. Yes, God. Even if you're you're listening to this, just say in your own words, Lord, I repent. Repent. I want to take my eyes off myself, off of being selfish. So, Lord, motivate us these next weeks. Put it on our calendar, Lord. Motivate us to put it on the calendar and to... And to write into our schedule, I'm going to be courageous at this moment. I'm going to preach the gospel at this moment. Holy Spirit, highlight now. Begin to bug people, to, to prick them when they see people. Go, I know I'm supposed to talk to that person. And, and Lord, we just ask for that motivation and that movement in our feet, in our hands, in our mouth. And you'd give us the words to say as you did to the apostles, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's do this, people. Let's live for the day. Let's live courageously. Derek, um, where can people kind of find you or if they want to follow kind of what, what you're doing, what you're up to, some of your teaching? What can Yeah, people... you can, uh, um, uh, for sermons that I preached recently, you can go to Circa Riders YouTube. Um, you can go to my Instagram. I have stuff linked in there as well. Derek Mack, D-E-R-E-K-M-S-E-K. Um, and yeah, that's probably the best places to find me. Awesome. Well, I love you, brother. I really do look up to you and uh, just so thankful to be your cousin and more importantly, your brother in Christ and friend. Love you, bro. Awesome. Whoo! Is anybody else fired up to live for Jesus? Come on. I'm so encouraged by Derek and just love him so much. Isn't he inspiring? Well, uh, the nugget about heaven for today is just something I want to encourage you with. It's just that I believe that one of the things we're going to be most proud of when we look back on our lives with the Lord are times when we were courageously, sacrificially loving. When we laid aside fear of man and we uh, raised fear of God in our minds and we decided to courageously, sacrificially love other people. So I just want to bless you and encourage you. Let's live with courage today. Let's just take it one, you know, five minutes at a time. Let's live with courage for the next five minutes, you know, and then do it again and do it again and do it again. And hey, with the Holy Spirit's help, we'll live a courageous life. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're equipped. And uh, would you be uh, so kind as to leave a written review of this podcast so that more people, God willing, can be encouraged and equipped to live for the day of Jesus' return. God bless you. See you next time.